Kia ora koutou and welcome to the Kaka. This is the dawn chorus for the weekend, the week that was for the weekend, where I go through and pick out a few of the highlights or the lowlights or the big things that um, struck me in the last week, focused on uh, what's happening with our borders with Australia. I think now that we're unlikely to go beyond Australia until at least the second half of next year. That's partly because the Australians are a bit behind us on the vaccination program. Their vaccine hesitancy is higher than ours and really we don't open until Australia opens. I also talk about this quite important interview that Nanaya Mahuta has given to The Guardian this week in which she warned exporters to start diversifying away from China to avoid a likely storm of um, Chinese trade bullying similar to the type that Australia has seen. And I go into some depth about the change in our relationship with China, which I think is justified. Uh, we aren't as obsequious and uh, lame as some people think, including Australia's 60 Minutes, uh, but we are really pushing down the road towards a, a fairly chilly relationship with China. And that is justified because China has turned into a serial bully, oppressor, and is a profoundly undemocratic force in the world. And we need to stand up against that um, for our own interests as much as anything else. Also, I've had a close look at what the Reserve Bank did this week and what's happening on the inflation front. Our Reserve Bank, on the face of it, seemed to be saying it would be the first in the world to hike interest rates next year. And certainly the currency and wholesale interest rates rose after that Wednesday announcement. However, the governor, Adrian Orr, looked to play that down a bit by saying this was only a projection, that things could change. And actually, um, in the next day, he reintroduced the idea of a potential easing and negative interest rates when he talked to the select committee. So in my view, I actually think it's less likely we'll see those rate hikes next year. The key thing here, and globally, uh, for people thinking about inflation and interest rates and also asset prices because they're all very closely connected, is will the inflation surge that is happening right now, will it be temporary or will it be permanent? And the key variable to watch is wage inflation. At the moment, we're seeing all sorts of disruptions to supply chains, which means that prices of all sorts of things are have jumped and there are various um, shortages but they'll work out as the new ships and the containers get their act together. At the moment the world's big central banks, the US Federal Reserve, the European Central Bank and uh, the Reserve Bank of Australia are all being very cautious about hiking rates. Remember that central banks made that mistake between 2008 and 2016 couple of them hiked and then had to drop them back down again because we're in a, a different situation with inflation. In my view, we have very heavy structural headwinds downwards on prices, not up. And that's because of the appification of large chunks of the economy, particularly the services sector, which until now have been 
uh, have been exempt from the um, downward pressure on prices seen in goods as China joined the world economy over the last 20 years and uh, turned into the factory of the world. Um, And also workers are not able to exercise power to increase wages in the same way they did in the 50s, 60s and 70s. However, uh, a lot of people think that the inflation is coming, just they, they, they just point to the rise in the money supply. I would say have a close look at how quickly that money supply is circulating now. It's not. Because of the concentration of wealth at the very top, there's only so much money that very, very rich people can spend. And also, they're not that keen on investing in risky things. So I have a couple of charts in there uh, this weekend which show you how much of the money has been parked back at the central banks, including the US Federal Reserve. The money is not circulating. It's not being invested or spent. It's not creating the demand push for inflation that many people are talking about. And uh, we are seeing some supply-led inflation, but is it permanent? And will we see the wage inflation, which really should be coming because there are labor shortages all over the shop. But remember, We are in an age of very low unionization where people are able to outsource work, contract out work, put it on a platform and effectively drive wages down or at least stop them from rising much. So I actually think we're not in an inflationary era and central banks need to keep the foot down on the accelerator and that includes New Zealand. We do need to get proper inflation and get interest rates up to regular levels but the risk here is that we pull the trigger too soon and we get stuck in this long period of very low inflation, like Japan has seen. And um, we're not like Japan. Uh, We have faster growing economies, faster growing populations, and we shouldn't be um, turning Japanese with our interest rates and our inflation. And the final thing I wanted to focus on was this amazing appearance before a select committee this week by Dominic Cummings. You might not have heard of him. He's the sort of Rasputin of the Boris Johnson group in um, number 10. Uh, He's left now. He fell out with Boris and this week he unloaded on Boris in public. Uh, There's been various rumours about what he was going to say um, and it couldn't have been any more extraordinary. Now, it's unlikely to change the political landscape there, but it's worth having a look at. Um, Essentially, he called out um, Boris Johnson for being um, chaotic, um, not focused on the job, uh, essentially making very bad decisions that cost 30,000 lives in Britain. Uh, It really is something to watch, and I couldn't help but see it. It's also worth looking at what's happening in Britain right now. Their infection rates are rising again. That's because of this Indian variant. Even though they've got 73% of the population vaccinated, uh, it's still racing around there. It just reinforces to me that we're not going to see borders open that quickly or very fully, certainly not in New Zealand, where we've worked out if you close your borders hard, and you uh, have hard lockdowns, you're more likely to keep COVID-19 out. And I think the public in Australia and New Zealand are not keen on a very quick opening. There's a few people in business, rightly, who are. And, you know, personally, I'd love to go somewhere, but I just don't think it's going to happen with the variants that are racing around 
with the struggle that many are having getting to herd immunity and the fact that in New Zealand we are really reliant on what the Australians do. That will be interesting this weekend to see how Scott Morrison and Jacinda Ardern uh, get on down in Queenstown. He's visiting and no doubt the border uh, situation will be closely discussed as will the China situation where the Australians would like us to uh, take a hard line on China. We are taking a harder line, not as hard as the Australians. I explain why the Australians are so confident about being tough on the Chinese. Partly it's because the Chinese have no choice but to buy uh, iron ore and they really need iron ore from Australia. <laughs> Here's the fun fact of the day. The Australian budget has been in surplus for the last two months because of explosive growth in iron ore exports at record high prices to China. There we have it. That was the week that was for the week's end. I'm Bernard Hickey for the Kaka. Kakete anō.